2: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detelier, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text line. The uh, head women's basketball coach at LSU, Kim Mulkey. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, We all saw, and we talked about it earlier in the program, uh, record viewership. Uh, We haven't had that since 2010 for a women's basketball game. The the hardest part when you lose a game like that is I think getting it back to your players and also sometimes coaches that hey, let's let not let South Carolina beat us twice. Let's move on from this. We can't do anything about South Carolina. Let's move on to old miss
3: well we we talked about it before, listen. <laughs> We got our butts handed to us, and that's not fun as a competitor. The best thing I can – well, there's two things I can say that were good about it. One, we were on a big, big stage, which was outstanding. Uh, The viewership was great. LSU, you can't put a dollar value on being on that stage. We fought hard. We cut the lead five and cut it three. But at the end of the day, they just have – Weapons that we don't have. Hell, they got weapons that a lot of us don't have in the in the women's game right now. It's South Carolina, and it's everybody else. Uh, so we talked about all of this prior to the game. We understood what we were facing. Uh, it was just one of those games where, hey, from the tip, they just brought it. And uh, kudos to them. We will rebound. We've got four remaining games, and as I told everybody, if we lose any of these remaining games, it won't be because of the South Carolina loss. It will just be because it's February, everybody's tired, everybody's annoyed at everybody, everybody's grinding out just one more win to try to get a, a place in the NCAA tournament.
4: Now, Coach Mulkey, you talked about uh, the interest, and uh, before the Super Bowl and all that, uh, you said you wanted uh, fans to tune in, and they they obviously did tune in. I was looking at uh, I don't know 1.5, 1.6 million uh, viewers, even maybe up to 1.7 million. Uh, and you look at the programming with ESPN, the most watched regular season women's college basketball game on any network since 2010. So you're talking about over a dozen years. And you look when you were in that ad- to be good for the game. Uh, then when you get Listen, that kind of exposure,
3: Bobby, it is good for the game. It's 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 really. Um... You can't put a dollar value on it. I told you guys the last time we talked, there aren't many, uh, there aren't any women's programs that make money. But the dollar value um, that, that you can help a university, somebody watched and said, Oh, I've got a little interest in maybe becoming a student at LSU now that I've watched them. Uh, you just, you, you can't understand when I was a player. When I was a player, Literally, one game was shown on national television, and it was CBS covering the national championship games. And now you can tune in just about every night and find a game. Uh, but, but that stage doesn't happen much for women's basketball.
4: Now, uh, Coach Balky, what about uh, the Ole Miss Rebels? Uh, obviously, you got them tomorrow night. And, um, you know, uh, old football term, but I, I don't know what you say in basketball. We'd always say, like, one snap and clear. Uh, so whether you had success on a play or you had a negative play, whether you threw a touchdown or threw an interception, you got to keep playing. Uh, you got to uh, go out there and so, so how do you like? What kind of pep talk or how you relate to the players as far as okay uh, th- that's in the past. We got to look forward for Ole Miss coming to town uh, Thursday night.
3: We played Sunday. I gave the team off on Monday, or I would have watched the South Carolina game film with them. I watched the Super Bowl, I observed things, I learned, and I took what Jalen Hurts said after the game when they interviewed him, you win or you learn. He didn't say you win or you lose. We all know that. But he said you win or you learn, and he says I'm going to learn. And I took his article and I handed it out to everyone in that locker room and I made them read it and we read it. So what did you learn, Flaugé Johnson? What did you learn, Alexis Mars? How about you, Angel Reese? Because you're going to be in this position again during your career here. Maybe get the chance to play them again if you can get to the championship of the conference tournament. What did you learn? And so that's that's how I approached it. And then we flushed it. And then we said, you're getting ready to play an Ole Miss team that's trying to finish in the top four in the league and get a bye in the conference tournament. They're playing really good. Uh, we've got our hands full. They guard you pretty darn good. They're not as big as we are, but their guards are very difficult to defend. And then you start giving your scouting report on, on um, Ole Miss.
2: Coach, uh, we had Chessa Boucher on, with us Monday, and uh, she was at the game in, in Columbia, and she was like, you know what, I played a little bit of basketball uh, in my life. I've never seen a crowd so electric like it was in Colombia. She was like, I've never seen anything close to that for a women's basketball game. And so for you, even though on the losing side, that has to say volumes for what you've been able to help bring the women's game outside this region that so many people would watch.
3: And I watched Chessa grow up. Uh, that tells you how old I am. She used to come to our camps at Louisiana Tech. And I appreciate her and her station for making the effort to get there. Uh, it was electric. It was something that a lot of my players had never uh, been a part of. They've ne- at, at LSU now, they've been a part of, you know, 14, 15,000 that we've put in here. But think about this statement. There's only been two sellouts in the SEC in women's basketball this year one at LSU and then LSU involved with that game Sunday against South Carolina that's pretty impressive it was electric it was everything that you hope your players get to play in front of and uh I have played in front of 72,000 before at the RCA Dome and it's no longer in existence but back during the prior to the 84 Olympics we did a doubleheader with the men And they were playing against the likes of Magic and Larry Bird and McHale and all those guys. So I have seen bigger. I have played in – or I have coached in bigger uh, – with a bigger attendance at at the Final Fours. But for my team at LSU right now, man, we needed that. We didn't need a butt-kicking, but we needed that experience. Uh, we need them to learn from it, and uh, she's right. It was something else. And, guys, they played unbelievable. And I, I say that with, with much respect. I've watched so much film on those guys, and they're so good. But I'm telling you, they couldn't miss. They made everything. They shot. They pushed us around like little rag dolls out there. But it was a great learning experience.
4: Now, uh, Coach walker when you look at, like, getting players on campus and uh, recruiting, uh, I was reading an interesting article. Uh, I can't think of her name now. I think it was a, uh, last here or something. She's like French Polynesian. And yeah, last
3: of, here POA, P-O-A a is POA. her last name. She's my Australian kid. Yeah,
4: like, so is it that, that right there is telling me that women's basketball, just sports in general, is truly international. Whether you go to JUCO and how you're recruiting, transfer portal, you could get them anywhere north, south, east, and west if they live on uh, on the earth.
3: <laughs> she she was the number one rated JUCO player in the country, and we got her. Uh, and she's playing really, really good. She she's a point guard, and she shares time with Alexis Mars, who's a senior having an outstanding year. Uh, POA. Is um, she is of the the Polynesian, you know, uh, South Pacific descent. Right. Uh, her, her she's got an interesting story about her first name, last tear. And if you'll read about it, her grandmother, who she never got to meet, made a comment to her mom. Uh, I don't know, right before she passed away, and a tear was coming like out of her eye or something. And they were Whoa. saying that's her last tear. So it's something along those lines, right. but. Yep. She is a, a young lady that you're going to hear a lot from. You just haven't heard much from her because she in, is p- coming off the bench playing behind Alexis Mars, but she's she, she wasn't afraid in that game, and I probably should have played her in that South Carolina game more because she has a little college experience being from the JUCO level, but she certainly wasn't afraid.
4: Now, uh, Coach Buck, are you talking about uh, the moment and all that? And, uh, you know, you got to have players coming off the bench or you look at your starters and how they're going to contribute. Uh, explain to the fans maybe that uh, you could have a playmaker. and What I mean by that, uh, like almost like a Chris Paul, but the female version who could distribute, but they also could shoot at a high level, like the three-point shot if they're left open. Is she in that category? She could play both roles or what?
3: Well, she scored a lot of points in Juco. Now, what she has done since she's been here, she's become like a facilitator, and I have to fuss at her and tell her, you need to shoot it more. She's capable of scoring points. She's just one of these that looks to pass first and, and you know, shoot second. You know that. You, you've seen quarterbacks at every right. level that you call them, hey, just go manage the game for us. Get it in the right hands of the right people, and then you've got those gunslingers that can throw it all over the field. She can score points. She just... You know, you know, she's such an unselfish kid, you just have to tell her, look for your shot, Poa. Uh, and she will. It, she's just become really, really more comfortable of late. She was not here this summer. She's really close to her family in Australia, and I told her to stay home for the summer and get here in the fall. So she's really had to catch up both conditioning and learning the system, and I think she's playing her best basketball.
4: Now, uh, Coach Mulkey, when you look at even when you were playing – are like uh, when you look at Pat Summit and you look at Tennessee, you look at the great teams you had at Baylor, you look Louisiana Tech, Stanford, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to like promote them more, but uh, doesn't isn't South Carolina? It seems like I'm just watching the game. Uh, I was into it. But it seems like they're too deep. That All of a sudden, their their second string could probably qualify for an NCAA tournament. Is that a fair assessment or what?
2: Coach, it reminded me of growing up watching UCLA. And I read a book on John Wooden, and he was saying, the only team that could beat my varsity was, uh, at that time, freshman weren't playing. He said, it was my freshman team. Uh, and that's what South Carolina looked like. Well, well, they, and, the, and, to come off the and, bench, and, and, that, that team could – Really give the starters a pretty good run at it, and Coach Walker
4: with Mike saying, uh, you probably know the story because you're a basketball historian. You know, you know Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but all of a sudden the freshmen couldn't play, and I think it was Gail Goodrich and all that. They won the national championship, and the freshman team beat them by twelve points.
3: And listen, you're right. I'm a historian. I know all of that. I can even tell you something. John Wooden taught Bill Walton how to put his socks on correctly. Go read that
2: story. Snug, snug, snug.
3: South Carolina reminds me of a couple of my teams. My 2019 team had the size 6'7", Kalani Brown, right here from Louisiana, Salmon High School in Slidell, 6'5", Lauren Cox. You couldn't guard them. You can't jump up there. You can't create that size overnight. So we knew what we faced. I knew what we faced because I've coached that. When I was a player at Louisiana Tech, we were dominant. And I always heard this, and, and it was the truth. The, we were ranked number one in the country for a long time. And our our subs off the bench, guys, literally could have been the number two ranked team in the country. We were that deep. Whoa. South Carolina, 50 Now listen to this: fifty-two or fifty-four percent of their scoring comes from their bench. (laughs) So what does that tell you? Not only does it tell you how deep they are, it tells you how experienced they are, and it probably tells you she doesn't start her best players because you got to kind of pick and choose and make sure this one plays, you know, good with this one. So that's, I mean, it's just a luxury, and when you can have that, particularly this day and time with the transfer portal. You've got something special and you've got a bunch of unselfish kids.
2: Coach, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And we really always appreciate it. Uh, believe me, you'd be on Mount Rushmore for us as far as guests. <laughs> no question about oh, it. Guys, and we appreciate y'all have
3: it. a good one. And y'all stay
2: out of trouble, all right? Well, all we're right. gonna try, Coach. Thank Thanks, you, Coach Mulkey. Uh That was Kim Mulkey, uh, head women's basketball coach at LSU. But that's how good
4: the South Carolina Gamecocks are this year.
2: Yeah, they are really something. Why you special. can look at
4: UConn, uh, Tennessee, Pat Summit, like 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 Coach Bogie was that's saying, that's as good as you'll Louisiana find. Tech, Baylor, yeah, no, is that good?
2: We'll be back with more sports talk and Jake Madison talking a little bit of Pelican talk right after this break on the Big Eight Seventy. Okay.